You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. About prayer. Um, that was one of my favorite classes. Turn in your Bibles to Philippians, please. Philippians in chapter 4. That was one of my favorite classes in college. Um, definitely from, uh, it was called Prayer and Fasting. Um, I forget the teacher because the teacher um, was a visitor. He, he came and he left. And, uh, but one of my favorite classes, Prayer and Fasting. But I uh, want to encourage you all to get out and vote. Uh, voting is on Tuesday. Uh, I'm excited to not get stupid things in the mail. Um, hopefully, maybe I'm not allowed to say that word, but uh, bad things in the mail of, of uh, like just a whole bunch of junk. <laughs> and then uh, the commercials are really ridiculous. Uh, I just, some of those commercials are like every American, but this person hates puppies. Don't vote for him. And uh, so <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I'm trying to fast forward the commercial when I'm watching all my sports. But uh, more importantly, prayer. Uh, by the way, we're trying to work on, um, we hear the, the mic cutting in and out when we're preaching. We can hear it on YouTube. We can hear it. Um, so we're trying to work on that, and we have some guesses of, of what it is. Uh, but we're trying to eliminate spending money. Uh, so we're trying to, like, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this. And we're kind of going down the line. But... Um, Real prayer. We want to talk about prayer this morning. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 through 8. Philippians 4, 5 through 8. The Bible says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, this is one of my favorite verses. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. I'm excited to talk about prayer this morning, the, the strength of an authentic church. Uh, we've been going through the real series, uh, real church, real, um, being real people, real, um, you know, real Bible, real, you know. Uh, the strength of a real church lies in the prayers of its members. The strength of a real church lies in the prayers of its members. Prayer is the spark plug that sets in motion the work of the church as well as keeping our own hearts in tune for the Lord. Um, prayer is, is vital to the Christian life and uh, we, we most certainly ought to pray. From the, from, from the very beginning of the church uh, until today, prayer has been a part of the church. Wherever we see the fruits of God's work, where we see God moving, where we see God changing, uh, we see prayer. Whether it be in, uh, in individual group, individuals or, or groups of people, praying, is praying and asking God to work uh, in ways that people cannot. Um, also, prayer is not a last resort. 
uh, I want to uh, pause on that. Prayer is not a last resort. And I, I praise the Lord. I, I, um, I read this. Um, oh, sorry. Getting a little ahead of myself. But uh, it, is, it is not what we do last. It is what we do first. And um, I praise the Lord for that. Amen. And so, in today's lesson, we will look particularly at the church of Philippi, which is where we are, where we are in Philippians, and listen to Paul's instructions to them concerning prayer. Uh, so we'll be kind of going through Philippians 4, 5 through 8, and kind of defining and looking at these things. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry about that. I didn't even notice I did that. All right, blonde moment of the day. Part one. Yeah, yeah. Trouble. Next, we're going to put it behind my back and see if the sound sounds better like that. Thank you. In the book of Philippians, Paul challenged the church to continue walking with the Lord through persecution and, and as passionately to pursue Christ. Uh, you have to remember what, what the church of Philippi was going through and, and what, you know, why this book was written. Uh, it is a church that Paul started or, or planted, if you will. And um, he was encouraging them through a lot of things and through, um, you know, your, your outside... Uh, what I'm trying to say, outside group might not like you, or, or you might have a lot of opposition outside of you, but be strong in the Lord, uh, in, you know, in this group. And then, and then it finishes in chapter 4 with prayer. So here, you know, continue to pray, continue to seek the Lord. Um, and so we'll be walking through this. In the book of Philippians, um, Yes, I already read that. So, uh, number one, the patience of believers. Uh, there is a patience of believers. We are prone today to think that we have more difficult circumstances than everybody else. And uh, l- let us remember that we are not alone in, what, in our lives and what we are going through. I would, I would encourage um, our church that... Uh, Sometimes we do have to be a little bit more vulnerable and share, you know, hey, this is kind of this kind of weird and kind of awkward, but I've really been struggling with this thing. And then what do you what do you know? You'd be like, hey, guess what? I struggled with that about five years ago. And let me tell you how God worked in my life. What? You struggled? I can't believe you struggled with that. You seem like such a strong, wonderful Christian. And so I'm saying, uh, let's not keep, uh, keep things to ourselves. And, and I, know, <laughs> I know privacy, and I know things like that, but I'm just saying, um, man, uh, we've had, we have many people in our church that have been through a lot, been through life, and, uh, and who are able and willing to help. But uh, we are prone today to think that we, everything is, is new, to, to, new to us, and, and we're carrying burdens alone. And we look at the economy, politic, political scene, and the personal attacks and are likely to complain. But it's humbling to, to read and study the churches of the first century, the church of Philippi, and to see the persecution and the things that they were, they were against. Beyond the personal and family crises that we can all encounter, these churches, they endured an added level of suffering for the cause of Christ. 
Um, the, the king, the, his name was Nero. The king, the, the person in charge, uh, wanted to kill all Christians. And that's something I've never even gotten close to needing to face, uh, needing to think about. Uh, I live in America where we have that freedom, and I praise the Lord for that. But uh, we, we, we think to ourselves the, the large amount of problems that we have, and then for, for a moment it's good to think of like, what, are, what, what was Philippi going through? Why was Paul telling them, you guys need to pray. You, I need to encourage you to, to strengthen your prayer game. <laughs> and so this is why. Yet these Christians, these Philipp- Philippians, endured suffering and persecution with a Christ-like spirit and steadfast hope. A, they endured graciously. They endured graciously. Paul encouraged the church to let their moderation be evident. Philippians 4, verse 5. That's where we are in our Bibles. Philippians 4, verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, even I was like moderation. You know, I... I'm not 100% certain on that word and that meaning. So the word moderation is rich with meaning. Many English synonyms can be used to define it. Tenderness, graciousness, contentment, and sweet reasonableness. So uh, what helps me sometimes when I read the Bible is to use uh, a synonym or or a thesaurus. And I could say, uh, let your tenderness be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Let your graciousness known, be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. And it helps me to, to learn and, and understand the Bible uh, better. So what, what does that have to do with anything? Well, despite your injustices, uh, despite what you're going through, l- let, let your tenderness, let your love be known to all men. In other words, maybe we shouldn't be uh, walking around uh, like the sky is falling or or woe is me, and, and things like that. And I understand that we have burdens, and we have, we have problems, we have things that we are carrying. But before he speaks on prayer, he, he actually speaks on, on this action of, uh, of carrying yourself in, in, a, in a right way, in a good way. So what the Bible is saying is, despite what Philippi, the Philippian church, is going through, um, hey, I still want to encourage you to uh, let, let um, sorry, I need, to go, I need to go back to those words for a moment. Say, let your graciousness be known to people. Even though, hey, even though the king, the, the, the president of the land, if I could say that, literally wants to kill you, uh, let your contentment be known. Let your graciousness be known. Let your tenderness be known uh, to people. So, continuing on, in addition, in addition to sweet reasonableness and things like this, moderation also refers to contentment, as I've said. And Paul taught the church at Philippi about prayer, and he encouraged them to begin with a heart of contentment. But before, when you begin to pray or before you pray, uh, remember to, to <laughs> check your contentment. <laughs> remember to re- remind yourself of, what am I really praying about? What am I really praying for? And um, that we are so blessed where we are. And uh, I think he begin again, I'm, I'm repeating myself, he begins the letter of, remember how Philipp- Philippians, what they were going through? And how just that, now when we pray, I'm like, oh, that, when I pray, that seems very insignificant compared to what 
other people compared to the Philippians, compared to what they're going through. So when it says, let your moderation be known, that's another word that can be used, is let your contentment be known. Uh, being content with what we have. Something's always better. And I love nice things. I really do. I, I love nice vehicles, and Abby knows. Um, but man, uh, I have a problem with, with my vehicle, and I'll tell, I'll tell you that. And my problem is, is that it works very well, and that um, there's no problems with it. And uh, it is cheap to own, cheap insurance, cheap gas, uh, cheap to fix. And uh, I wish I could have something else. I wish I could have a big, beefy truck. I wish I could have, uh, I wish I could drive something else. But God has spoken to me and said, I've given you a very reliable vehicle that's cheap to own. And, I, and I'm, I'm like, okay, okay, I got it. Like, sorry about that. Like, I need to learn to be content, learn to be happy with what I have and what God has blessed me with. Um, so before we pray, for, first we ought to check the attitude that we're praying in. Maybe that, that could be something to remember. The attitude that we're praying in, our contentment, our tenderness, our, our moderation. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. We're, we're gaining much when we have godliness and great, and great contentment. I'm sorry, I mixed those things up. Benjamin Franklin advised, write injuries in dust and write benefits in marble. Write injuries in dust and write benefits in marble. Write the, the benefits of the Lord far outweigh Excuse me, there are no injuries with the Lord. But the benefits of the Lord far outweigh the injuries that we have in our lives. The things that we could change. The thing, I, wish, I wish just this little thing, and I wish just that little thing. And, and, but the benefits that we have, so first we ought to check, again, the long list of blessings and benefits that we have through the Lord. Um, and like Ben Franklin said, write, write the, the grievances are very small compared to our great God. Does anybody think that we should have uh, some sunglasses that we hand out? Because I see the Miss Melanie just went like this. So maybe maybe we'll as church sunglasses, EPBC on the on the on the frame of the sunglasses. And okay, I'm kidding. All right, but B they expected patiently. They, yeah, she's making mean faces at me. They endured graciously. They endured hard times. B, they expected patiently. Paul cited a strong reason to live, a big reason to live with contentment because the Lord is at hand. That's uh, Philippians 4, 5. Philippians 4, 5. The Lord is at hand. They expected patiently. This phrase holds a twofold meaning. First, uh, it means the Lord is, is near. The Lord is at hand. He's close. He's, if He is at hand then he's close, he's near. But there's also is a reminder of his, his return, uh, of the Lord's great return. We can live with moderation, with contentment, when we remember that we are not alone and we are looking forward to the coming of our Lord. So again, when, well, what does this have to do with prayer? When we go to pray, I think this is like this first section, when we go to pray, the attitude of prayer. When we go to pray, it is not just a long list of grievances that we have against the Lord, but we know, let us be reminded, that how to pray in moderation. And then secondly, the Lord is near. The Lord's at hand. He's near. 
He's close to us. And secondly, he's, he's coming back, which gives us then hope. Uh, how, uh, you don't have to answer, but how was the women's Bible study yesterday? We should be reminded about that. If you went to the women's Bible study, you would know uh, that was on the second coming of the Lord. And uh, it gives people hope. Gives people hope. Hebrews 13, 13, 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. Verse 6. So that we may boldly say, mm, that, that, uh, excuse me, that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do to me. Man, this, this is huge, especially when we're thinking about, again, I, I try not to repeat myself too much, thinking about the Philippians, that we're going through hard time. The king literally wants to kill us. We're trying to hide when we serve and worship the Lord. And then verse 6, you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man will do to me. Look, let your conversation be who you are, be without wanting and, and, and asking <laughs> the Lord wants, uh, but be content with what you have in this attitude of prayer. And then remember that Lord's your helper and, and he will not forsake you through, through all things. That was such a blessing when I read that. When a tragedy, what a tragedy it is when believers forget God's presence in the, in the trials that we face. Even mature Christians at times will lapse in faith when the intensity of the suffering and they forget that they already know that God is close and, and near to them. Scripture encourages that we should draw near to the Lord. Uh, draw, draw near to me as, as, and I will draw nigh to you. Scripture encourages we should draw near to the Lord, especially in times of suffering, remembering that He will do His work on our behalf. The moderation and the patient faith of the early Christians brought encouragement and hope to their souls. Verse, uh, sorry, uh, number, letter C. I said verse C, number C. Letter C, encouraged continuously, encouraged continuously. Paul gave this church an explicit command that bans worry and boosts encouragement. Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. Be careful, full of care for nothing. The word careful is easy to understand. It could be full of care. Be anxious for nothing. Anxiety comes... As, nat- as natural as, as breathing as for some of us, and yet, uh, God, God, forbids, God forbids it. When you find yourself full of care, remember that the Lord is very capable of handling every one of your worries. In fact, He invites us to give each of them to Him. 1 Peter 5.7 1 Peter 5.7 Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. I've been through some trials in my life, and even I can't find the, like, I don't know what the resolution is. I don't know what the fix of the problem is. And oftentimes I've said, God, I don't know. But I'm just going to hand this to you. I, even I literally cannot think of a good solution to this problem uh, between a rock and a hard place and, and whatever you want to say. But God... Casting all your care upon, I want to cast all my care upon you. Um, 
And again, this should not be our last resort. <laughs> but oft, I mean, oftentimes, as what causes me to have anxiety is not finding the solution. Uh, as, as a man, I, I want to find the solution. Uh, two plus two equals four. I, I want to find the, you know, don't talk to me about your problems unless you want me to fix them. <laughs> and I've learned in marriage that it doesn't quite work that way. And, uh, but I want to fix. I want to, you know, an easy solution. And in my mind, when I'm going through trials, when I'm going through hard things, I can't find the solution. I can't find the fix. So God, I want to throw, cast, throw my anxiety and my care upon you. And then you, you could be reminded who God is. Who is God? All-powerful, all-knowing. I'm going to throw my anxiety, all of my problems that I cannot fix on an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God. Okay. All right. That sounds good to me. Because he is way stronger and better than me. When you find yourself full of care, remember the Lord is capable of handling it. The believers at Philippi lived with moderation and faith. It was this spirit of patience that positioned their hearts with an attitude of ongoing prayer. Because they knew God's graciousness in their lives, they were quick to follow the command and to bring each of their needs to the throne of grace. Number two, the prayers of the believers. Number two, the prayers of the believers. Philippians 4, 6. Let's read that together. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful, full of care for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I don't know of a, of a Christian, a spiritual Christian, who doesn't desire to grow in their, in their prayer life. Prayer is, is a discipline in which we need constant growth. And as we pray, we see God answers our prayers and encourages us to continue to pray, continue growing in prayer. Letter A, the desire of our request. The desire of our request. Uh, we're going to begin at the end of, of uh, Philippians 4, 6, and then kind of work backwards. But what an amazing invitation that God desires to hear our prayers. Let your requests be made known unto God. You know, we can, we can pause right there. Because I've, I've oftentimes, I've said, well, God really doesn't care about my problem because have you seen his problem? And, and, it's, and it's legit. And, and you, know, you know, God doesn't really care about my problem because... I'm so blessed, I'm in the United States, and, and God should answer the prayers of, of third, the third world countries, and God should answer the prayers of the poor. Uh, he's much too busy with mine. He's much too busy for mine, excuse me. And I've really, I've really thought that. But Philippians says, let your requests be made known to God. God wants to know. God wants to hear your request. God wants to hear you pray. You think to yourself, well, God, this is a small little prayer and, and just really pretty insignificant. But, well, it's significant to God if it's significant to you. And let your requests be made known unto God. Uh, D.L. Moody said this, Some people think God does not like to be troubled 
with our constant coming and asking, the way to trouble God is to not come at all. Let me, uh, let me read that again. Some people think God doesn't like to be troubled, like to be bothered with us coming and asking, constantly coming and asking. But if you, the way to trouble God is to not come at all. Is to think, it, it is definitely a pride thing to think, uh, I can handle this. I've got this. I can handle this. And I can think of the solution myself. I don't need God to get the solution and make the solution. I can get the solution. Um, you know how long I've been in church and how smart I am. How much I know the Bible. Um, I can get the solution myself. And we ought not think that. I don't think we can understand how much God wants to hear from us until you understand how much God loves you. Us. Sorry, that didn't grammatically make sense. But you don't understand how much God wants to hear from you until you begin to, to know and understand how much He loves you. He wants to hear from you. He, he wants to, to hear you pray. And sometimes we can just pray and say, God, I just want to thank you for this, 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 and this. Amen. And that's it. That was my prayer. And uh, just always be reminded, God wants to hear from you. God wants to hear from you. If you are a parent, you know how disappointed you would be or to hear how a serious ongoing need in your child's life and that your child has not shared with you because your child doesn't want to bother you. Although God already knows our needs, he does not want us to sh- he does want us to share it, share them with him. To attempt to carry on without his help is prideful and it grieves the Lord. He truly desires to bear our burdens and to unload our hearts and to pour out our needs upon him. You do not need to live with the anxiety. You don't need to carry this burden. You know, I, I often think of God asking his people, what, you know, let me carry that. Let me worry about that. Worry. God doesn't worry. Let me, let, why don't you lend that on me, casting all your care upon me? And we're busy saying, oh, no, no. And I, I think of like a heavy weight or a backpack. No, no, God, I got this. And God says it doesn't need to be that way. We don't need to live that way. And sorry, sometimes I, I imagine things <laughs> uh, when I read the, the Scripture, but it doesn't need, you don't need to live like that is basically what God is saying. Seeing that we have a great invitation to pray, then we wonder why, why Christians don't pray more. We, why do we struggle with spiritual discipline? Why don't we slip? Why do we let it slip, reserving it only for great emergencies? I'm not sure. I am sure that there are many reasons for the, the neglect in our prayer, but uh, we want to talk about very, very quickly. Uh, why do people not pray? And why don't we go ahead and answer that open question for any anybody who wants to answer? Can anyone think of reasons why? We don't pray. Jane? Pride. Pride. Um, let me read this. Like a little child who wants to care for his own needs without help, we sometimes have too high of an opinion of our ability. Sometimes we have too high of an opinion of our ability to solve problems. We don't recognize that God's superior power, and we think we can handle it on our own. 
Next. Busyness. Busyness. You reading my notes. It's all too, it is all too easy to fill our lives with important activities and ministry while neglecting the most important activity of seeking God's face and His power. A trading. Mm-hmm. Would you say habit? Like a lack of practice. Right, right. Or um, we, you could say for, for busyness, you could say I don't, a lack of practice, I don't make time in the day. I don't have it in a habit, so then I skip it. Uh, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I forgot to pray this morning. I'll do it tomorrow. when <laughs> You could pray at night. <laughs> Emily? I don't know how. Uh, I don't, <laughs> you know, we can compare ourselves and say, I don't pray like pastor prays. I stink at praying. All right. Anyway, so I'm going to turn on the Netflix and, and do something else. I don't know how to, I don't, what do I say? It sounds awkward. Yeah, I, I, it feels like I'm talking to myself, like I'm a crazy person, and I don't and I don't sound like this person. I don't. Oh, it's kind of weird, but I would say this with with prayer, with a lot of things, uh, you will you will understand it more, and I I kind of want to use the word get better, but you'll understand it more, the more you do it. Just like, I mean, just like with anything, just like with reading the Bible, just like with uh, your work, uh, training in your work and uh, whatever, at the gym, you'll get better at it the more you do it, and you'll understand what's going on, and you don't have to say, oh, thou God, oh Lord, it doesn't have to be like that, and you don't compare yourself to uh, somebody that's been saved for 20 years compared to yourself who's been saved for uh, five or four, two, or you know, don't compare yourself. But uh, God, God loves to listen to us pray. Kurt, mm-hmm. Yes, a lack of training. Um, I'm going to repeat a little bit. A lack of training, and is what Kurt said, and that maybe uh, we were never taught, or we were never trained, or or we can look at little children and say, oh, what you know, what a foolish prayer request. But uh, these parents are teaching their children to to first of all, hey, if you raise your hand and ask for a prayer request, people are going to pray for you, and and they understand that prayer works. And, and so that's, that is a great blessing. But lack of training. Yes, sir.
Miss Doria? Yep, yep. Amen. That is uh, really good advice for anybody in here. Say, well, I don't know how to pray. What do I say? What, what do I do? Um, another, a good thing to pray is what the Bible says. Say, dear God, you promised me, be careful for nothing. God, I have a lot of care. I have a lot of uh, anxiety going on. Would you help me, Lord? In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. All right, and then you can go to... Go wherever you want. Lord, you said you will never leave me or forsake me. I need your help today. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayers don't have to be an hour long. (laughs) Because sometimes we can think of, oh, this person prayed so good. He prayed for 15 minutes. It's not in the time, uh, but it's in the heart. Miss Nellie? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Structured. It doesn't have to be that structured. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Gerald. Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes back to the, the question, why don't we pray? Uh, exhaustion, being tired. Absolutely. Ron? Like my truck. Yes. Shane? Uh, Why don't we pray more some insecurities of going back to comparing ourselves amongst ourselves? Uh, Miss Melanie? Sometimes we simply don't believe 
that God will answer what we pray. Instead of bringing our requests before the Lord, we worry over them, disregarding the hundreds of promises in God's Word. And that goes back to Miss Doria. God, you promised me, and Lord, I'm really having a problem with, and God, I'm, I'm being persecuted. This person at work is making fun of me, but you promised me, Lord, that you would help me with this. All right, I'll go back to what this says. Hundreds of promises in God's Word that He will hear us and help us as we pray. In fact, some children are better at praying than adults. Absolutely true. Simply because children really believe God can do anything. You know, some, I can think back. I, I worked in the bus ministry or served in the bus ministry in Eastside Baptist Church in Sioux Falls. And I can think of one specific young man who, who probably, uh, when, when I think of people who can pray the best, some of the best prayers I've ever heard in my life, uh, he was a bus kid. I've never met his, I, I only met his parents at the doorstep, and what I mean is they never came to church. We picked him up at the bus, he came to church. And boy, man, his faith was through the roof. And when he prayed, he was teaching adults how to pray. And I remember, and, and he did not pray with pride. He didn't ask to, like, hey, I should be the one to pray today. Uh, no, no, it wasn't any of that. But my mom and I purposely asked him. His name was Miratab. He was, he was a great young man. I love him. But he, he, what, what he prayed with is this childlike faith that God... I've been taught and I've been told that you can do all things. And I'm, I believe that. So, and you know, he didn't sound like our pastor. He didn't sound, he was, at that time, he was like a fourth grader or a fifth grader. He did not sound like, he, and, and sometimes he fumbled over his words and sometimes he wasn't grammatically correct. But, but that's not what it's about as Miss Nellie. It's about the heart. It's about what uh, God, you know, speaking our desires unto God. By the way, this is not in our notes, but sometimes um, we can take a prayer list, like, like a prayer list and say, uh, God, pray for this person. Uh, pray for that person too. And, and kind of go down the list. Let's not make a prayer list like a crutch. That, let's be, again, let's, it's, there's no problems to have uh, a prayer list, but sometimes we can use a, a list as just a ABC, one, two, three, check, 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 amen. And that's kind of the end of it. But uh, let's go back to being genuine and real uh, when we pray. Any other comments? And we'll move on. Shane? Anger. Why don't you pray? Uh, I'm angry. Uh, angry for sure. Angry with what the Lord is, uh, or what the Lord has not done, or what He has done. <laughs> so, uh, let me finish the the point I'm on. Oh boy! I just, now I sound like Pastor Jesse. Oh boy! Let me finish the point I'm on. So I, I plan on getting through half of this. If you'll allow me to teach Sunday school next week, I'm getting through about half of this. <clears throat> uh, be the delivery of our requests. Be the delivery of our requests. There we go. <clears throat> Philippians 4.6 lists three specific and direct offerings we bring to the throne of God. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. 
So prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, those are the three things. Let your request be made known unto God. We'll briefly look at these three things. Oh boy, in five minutes. First, we see prayer. God instructs us to be fervent and persistent in prayer. Ephesians 6, 18. <clears throat> Praying always of, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We have so much to gain by, by being consistent in prayer, both in our own lives and for our labor for the Lord. We short ourselves of blessings and of God's power when we don't take time to pray. I, I loved this. Listen to this closely, and maybe I, could, maybe I could finish with this. Listen to this, please. This man, E.M. Bounds, is his name. E.M. Bounds said this. What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more and novel methods, but people whom the Holy Spirit can use, people of prayer, mighty in prayer. The Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but flows through people. The Holy Spirit does not flow through machinery, organizations, through, and I think you know what he's saying, but he, throws through, he flows through people. He does, the Holy Spirit does not anoint plans, but he, no, he anoints people, and those are people of prayer that he anoints. So let us not look into the, the organizations and the, this group, that group, this group, and you know what will grow our church? Uh, well, prayer. <laughs> prayer. That will grow our church, and, the, and that will change us, it, uh, not only our church, but grow us. Uh, as a people. So let's finish, uh, finish right there. I, like I said, I got about half done, and we'll uh, finish with the other half next week. Any comments or questions? I think next week, uh, let's talk more um, about the how uh, or, or the method, the how or the method of prayer. So before we talked about the attitude, that was today, talked about the attitude of prayer. Now we're getting into really the meat of the subject of prayer. And, uh, and then next will be supplication and thanksgiving, uh, giving thanks when we pray and things like that. But that will be for next week. Again, any questions, comments?